0: You're listening to the Living Presence Podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world from East Gwillimbury, Ontario. after an extended hiatus for January 8th, 2020. 2020. 20 years into the 2000s. I was thinking about where I was on New Year's Eve 20 years ago. And where I was, was home, hosting a sleepover for some of my high school friends, videotaping, videotaping, a project for my law course about the illegality of nuclear warfare. Now I know you're thinking, wow, Brianne, you sound like you were the coolest kid in your whole school. Now, given the events of the past week, I found this memory more than a little bit unnerving. But we'll talk more about that in a little while. On this week's episode, we'll be looking at the Epiphany story, the Magi coming and bringing their gifts to Jesus. This text comes up every year, and we covered it last January on the Living Presence podcast, and I will link to that episode in our show notes. But we're going to keep the story going this year and hear about what happened after the Magi left and returned home. We'll also be hearing voices other than mine for a change as we listen to stories that were shared around an art installation at Eastminster United Church in Toronto. A sculpture depicting a brown baby Jesus surrounded by wire, separated from his parents, and wrapped in a foil blanket. We'll also hear music by American folk duo The Neilds and to start us off, here is Mary Had a Baby, from their 2017 album, Joy to the World.
1: Well, Mary had a baby, oh Lord, Mary, Mary had a baby. a baby jesus named a baby jesus oh lord mary had a baby oh lord mary had a baby
2: Hi, this is Anne Hoganson in Halifax, Nova Scotia, out by the Stanfield International Airport. I'm reading from the gospel named for Matthew, chapter two, verses one to 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise ones from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? for we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, Bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them with the star that they had seen and its rising, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road.
3: Hi there, this is Reverend Alexa Gilmore, and I am reading Matthew 2:13 to 18 today. In the background, you may hear the music that my children fall asleep to. It's Rafi every night, poignant, given the reading. When the Magi had departed, an angel from the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up! Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod will soon search for the child in order to kill him. Joseph got up, and during the night took the child and his mother to Egypt, and he stayed there until Herod died, and this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I have called my son out of Egypt, when Herod knew. That the Magi had fooled him, he grew very angry. He sent soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding territory who were two years old and younger, according to the time that he'd learned from the Magi. And this fulfilled the word spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and much grieving, Rachel weeping for her children and she did not want to be comforted because they were no more.
1: In the bleak midwinter, frosty winter. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow. In the bleak midwinter, long, long ago. Mm -hmm.
4: This image had come to me. I sort of just said in passing, like, oh, can you imagine if we did this? And Jane just said, well, we should. And uh, I think it was just like a really good moment. There was that spark of like, yes, we have like something creative in mind and we should follow it.
0: The image intern minister Michiko Bankai had was a nativity scene, but not the kind of nativity scene we're used to seeing. This nativity featured a tiny baby Jesus in a bare wooden manger, enclosed by wire, on a busy street in downtown Toronto, with no parents, no family, and the only thing keeping this baby warm and protected from the cold December wind was a foil emergency blanket the sort of blankets shown being used as beds by small children in news reports coming from detention centers at the U.S.-Mexico border. It was a striking image, baby Jesus in a cage, on a busy commercial street full of holiday shoppers, with stores playing Christmas music singing of peace, goodwill, gentle Mary, and a sweet little boy... Born among docile farm animals, some passersby found the art shocking.
4: Oh my God, it's a
5: fake baby!
0: It's a fake baby.
5: <laughs> oh, that scared me. <laughs> I was about to rip the soul. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. Mm.
0: But you had an impulse. You had an impulse to do something. So that. Yeah, I was
1: about to rip the soul. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a fake baby, huh? Oh.
0: It's a fake baby that's telling a pretty it's profound in a truth. <laughs> it's...
4: Oh my god. Um, wow.
0: <laughs> so, thanks for trying to rescue the baby.
5: Don't take me.
0: The art piece, created by Michiko and their colleague Jane Sandin, was unveiled on the first Sunday of Advent. Very quickly, local and national media started reporting on baby Jesus in a cage. And among those reading the news stories were friends and employees of Romero House, an agency offering housing and support for refugee claimants upon arrival in Canada, as well as a delegation who had recently traveled to the U.S.-Mexico border. This delegation bore witness to refugees seeking sanctuary. But being met only with hostility by American Border Patrol. Together, these groups decided to make a pilgrimage to go and see baby Jesus in a cage. Too many
3: sweet Babies in a, a um, sweet smelling crush at a time where there are babies in detention centers like Tornillo, you know? Ah.
2: It's like Bethlehem is as far away as. Mexico, like
3: this wow image. I don't know how anyone stays warm in a blanket like that
5: For me the foil blanket is very evocative because it reminds me of seeing people having to wrap people in foil blankets mm-hmm. What an ide- inadequate form of safety that is that it's not enough
0: there's no comfort in that. The Reverend Alexa Gilmore describes why she felt it was important to make the pilgrimage to Eastminster United Church.
3: I came today to, um, in one sense, come face to face with reality uh, at Christmas time. Christmas is often a time of, you know, Jesus in a manger, silent night, no crying. He makes, you know, winter snow falling, um, and yet uh, the brutal reality is that um, in many cases Jesus is wrapped in you know, a tinfoil-like blanket with um, no comfort and um, separated from comfort, from parents, um, upon in, inhumane um, policies. Um, around the world, but for me, the one that has captured um, my heart and broken it is the Mexico-US border, Uh, in part because the Canadian um, policies uh, play into it with our Safe Third Country Agreement, and because I went down there and met moms who have Are facing extraordinary choices this Christmas, you know, fleeing from places that um, are violent and um, death dealing and finding themselves at a border that is shut and shut hard. And their choices are um, to go deep into the desert where thousands have died, you know, to remain in uh, the border towns where the cartels victimize them. Um, to return home to, uh, you know, certain death or uh, extortion or other, you know, horrible uh, situations. And the hopelessness of that and the cruelty of that and the fact that we collectively have taken away their choices and their hopes in a country that's so rich, right? The U.S. and Canada, we have more than enough. How did we get to this place where, you know, Jesus today, Christ is found in... Um, a detention center.
1: Oh, Christian, can't you see? Jesus was a refugee Born to teach us how to see Born on Earth to save us Joe and Mary had to go Traveling through ice and snow Knocked on the door, the man said no Unless you want the stable Canikina, canikina People living in
4: Toronto Turn on the news every day and see these images of children being detained in cages. You hear all these stories about the ways in which refugees and migrants are really struggling to seek asylum and um, are being treated like criminals because they're trying to live. Um, And so for me I just thought this is something that as a community of faith we need to engage in and um, we need to figure out what does it mean for us to be people of faith and how does our, um, how do our scripture, how does our sacred text connect us to these images? I think this idea that um, the Jesus story gets told in certain ways, um, I don't know, is it nostalgia, romanticism? I think there's a sense that people want maybe an easy story during this time of year to feel like we're all, you know, together and... Um, So, I think that part of the challenge of this image is saying, actually, when we look at scripture, what is going on? Oh, like, being that pregnant and having to travel by donkey is not ideal, and these people are only choosing, you know, Mary and Joseph are choosing to do this because um, a decree has gone out for a census. Um, so there's a sense of here is the state dictating where people can and can't be and that forcing them to be on the move. It's not long after where King Herod in fear is ordering for um, newborns to be killed. And so you see this uh, family fleeing in fear of their lives. Um, And so, in that sense, we can understand them as refugees. Um, So, for me, when I look at Jesus' story right there in Scripture, it's always been about questions of um, the politics of migration and family safety and
1: refugees.
0: Some making their way by this messiah encased in chicken wire may have wondered why. Why here in Canada, and why now? What does American immigration policy have to do with people walking down a busy Toronto street just trying to get their Christmas shopping done? To that, Romero House Director Jen McIntyre has this to say.
5: We are responsible for this. So Canada holds bilateral agreements with the United States, called the Safe Third Country Agreement, which says that any asylum seeker who makes a claim in the United States cannot enter Canada and make a refugee claim because the United States is safe for refugees. And so what that means is that Trump's policies, American immigration policies, are Canadian policies. So we are affirming that we think that what's happening in the United States is safe for refugees, which it clearly isn't. So I like to say that the U.S.-Mexico border is also the Canadian-Mexico border because we, all we've done is we've externalized, we've pushed our borders further south. So that is our border. Because we are saying as soon as you're on that side of the border, you are safe, which clearly is not true. So I think as Canadians, we are completely responsible. Like we hold a foot in the sand, we hold out our hand and say that this policy is something that we affirm is okay. So when children are separated from their parents, it's really easy to say, we would never do that in Canada. The reality is we actually do do that in Canada. We do that in Quebec. We put children in detention or we separate children from their parents. Well, parents are detained and children are put in foster care with families that are of a culture they don't know, speaking a language that children don't speak. And it's hidden. It's something that we never talk about, but it happens every single day in Canada. So this is both happening in Canada. Children are being detained. Children are being separated from their families. Maybe not in the same way. Children may not be detained, separated from their families, but they are both being detained and separated. And it's happening south of our border, which I would actually argue is within our border.
3: I think you can't help but be taken aback by seeing what is a very familiar manger scene um, with this wall of wire around it and um, flashback to the newspaper articles that you've read. And for some, that elicits uh, a guilt, and for some, it elicits anger. And some will say, you are politicizing Christ. And t- to those, we say, Christ has always been political. Christ has always been on the margins. Christ was the one who had to flee you know, Herod and become a refugee himself. And we forget that part of the Christmas story. We want to keep Christ in the beautiful manger um, and not travel with him to Egypt as refugees.
1: Mary held her little son, for her he was the chosen one. Herod coming with his guns on the run again. I Inside a stable Kaneki na, What you gonna do With a knot from now. God Hallelujah, oh. hallelujah oh. What you gonna do When you get that knot
0: That was Michiko Kai, Alexa Gilmore Jen McIntyre And the delegates From the Canadian Sanctuary Network speaking about their experiences at the U.S.-Mexico border in November, and creating the Creche Art installation for East End United Regional Ministry. Reverend Stephen Milton of Lawrence Park United Church captured all of the interview audio for this segment on December 13, 2019 at Eastminster United Church in Toronto. You can find links to Stephen's ministry, called Soul Table, as well as information about Romero House, the Canadian Sanctuary Network, and East End United Regional Ministry, by going to our show notes. As I listen to the stories that were shared at Eastminster in December... And then thinking about the two readings we heard earlier this episode, I find myself pondering the role of the Magi in this story. Wise people sent by a tyrannical ruler to find a king. And when they find Jesus and his mother in Bethlehem, they kneel to Mary and offer gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. As we discussed in last year's Epiphany episode, these seemingly impractical gifts are traditionally understood symbolically gold as to a king, myrrh as to a mortal, and frankincense as to a god. But these gifts can also be understood beyond merely symbolism and as gifts of very real practical use. Knowing that the Holy Family are about to flee for their lives as refugees in Egypt, perhaps the gold was the means by which they were able to survive their time away from home. Frankincense and myrrh are anti-inflammatories and antibiotics used in postnatal care. Gifts for Mary's healing. Perhaps so she might be able to soon be on the move. And so given all that we have just heard, I am left wondering if Jesus was born at the U.S.-Mexico border wrapped in a piece of foil and then separated from his family, what gifts would the Magi bring today?
1: stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on my hay. The
0: I am recording this episode on January 7th. We have just received word that Iran has completed airstrikes against U.S. bases in Iraq. Fires are continuing to rage in Australia. And so, as we close out this episode of the Living Presence podcast... I offer the following prayer. Loving God, as fires rage and violence looms, fear sets in as we wonder what the future holds, asking, what should we do? What can we do? And when should we do it? Living deeply and authentically means rarely having easy answers. You do not promise an end to the struggle, only that we will not bear it alone. And sometimes that is all there is or can be. Amen. you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We'll be back soon with our regular format where we'll have more music, more words, more scripture, and more reflection. But until then, take care of yourselves, and those around you, and even those perhaps you cannot see. We'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the Living Presence Ministry, a community ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.livingpresenceministry.org.